once removed. Oh, there's like thunder in the background. Just imagine it's building. Yeah, exactly. Today, Connor and Vince go through the gauntlet. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh. What is, what is the gauntlet, you may ask? It's, um, um. Now, welcome to Once Removed. <laughs> Great energy. We're doing the gauntlet today, so we're just going to go through our favorite stuff, and we're going to talk about... It's all our favorite you know, things. Like. It's all our favorite things, you know? Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper it's kettles. It's so pleasant. And warm woolen Buddy. mittens. So pleasant. Whose favorite things are those? Real quick. Edelweiss. Wh- how is that your favorite thing? Raindrops on roses. I mean, I guess if you're Maria. If you're a botanist. Whatever. So, <laughs> okay, so, but me and Vince's favorite things includes like a lot of obviously pop culture and movies, uh, TV shows, directors, different things like that. And that's what you're here to listen to. That's what you're here for. So, I'm going to ask Vince a couple questions and I'll say my answers. Honestly, Vince is probably going to answer this better than me because I can't pick a favorite thing. Vince has all these lists mapped out in his head, and I'm just kind of like fighting the skin on my teeth, well, you know? That's why it's a gauntlet, I think. I think that's why it's, it's, it's soul-crushing. I mean, it's nice because it's our favorites, but on the other hand, you yeah. have to let other things slide by the wayside, and you have to actually like pick your favorite ones. <coughs> Connor, you, you have gotta to pick say no. favorite, <coughs> favorite you things. Gotta say n- <laughs> no, you got to cut okay. it off. So let's start <laughs> with three recent movies you think that I would like. So right now we're doing some pitches. So okay. things that you have seen or I have seen that we think the other person has not or maybe they're not gotcha. familiar with or not too into. We're pitching those to each other and um, just giving some good recommendations also to the audience if they haven't seen it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, so recent in my mind is like past five years, like pandemic era yeah. vibes is what we're going for. Um, real, real recent, not like real 2000s. recent. That was right. Yeah, real right. Recent. Honestly, I'll get real recent on you. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go super recent. And all of these yeah, are we're doing movies. Um, this is recent movies. We'd be recent into. movies. Yes. So we're starting with three movies. recent movies. Three. And also the caveat is I have to assume that you probably haven't seen it. And you have to let me know mm-hmm. if you've seen one of these, right? Okay. Uh, but I don't know if you've yes. seen any of these. Um, okay. Okay. I hesitate to do all three of these as super, super recent films. And I'll say one off the bat is um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ooh, okay. Have you seen that film? I have not seen it. Yeah. No, that's definitely, that's the most, to me, that's the biggest recommendation, and the rest is a little hard for me to pick. It's that's one that I okay. recently saw in top ten movie for sure. It's a beautiful movie. Wow! Um, wow! Top ten. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great film. Uh, okay, I'll get through the other two. Um, okay. Uh, the other two, I would say, um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say Elvis, the one that just came out. I think just you would saw it really. Last night. Just saw it last. Oh time. my gosh! Oh, you rascal! Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, how do you feel about, about Elvis? It? Though I'm down to talk about Elvis. Let's Here, let's say your last let's one do a quick we'll detour for a second. Because okay, Elvis was going to be um, mine to you. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah. steals away an option. 
My third one is going to be one that a lot of you probably haven't heard of. Um, it's It came out right at the end of 2021. Really low-key film. I don't think it's necessarily like one of the best films ever or anything that stands out, but I just wanted to talk about it because it really went like slid by and no one talked about it. It's this movie called Sundown. Um, yeah, it stars Tim Roth. I haven't seen it. Um, I think it's a really cool, it's a cool short film. It's really easy to watch and um, it takes its time and I'm just along for the ride the whole time. And I think, I think it's one of those that I think you would appreciate because it's slow, but it, it's a quick, like it, it doesn't last very long. So it doesn't bother, you know, it doesn't bother you. It's got an interesting premise. It's really hard to explain without spoiling it. So I'll leave it okay. at that. Love movies like that. Cool. And what was it? Sundown, you said? Yeah, it's called Sundown. Uh, the director is uh, Michel Franco, I think. Michel Franco. Yeah. Is it French? So, is it so a French film? Uh, uh, you know what? I don't know if it's a French production. I believe the director is French, but I don't want to make any assumptions. Uh, yeah, it's about a British okay. uh, family, though, on vacation. Okay, cool. Those yeah. good old chaps. What, what, are, what are yours so before we uh, derail it? With, Elvis. Uh, so Elvis. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, Elvis was going to be mine, so we'll just talk about Elvis. Okay, we'll talk about um, Elvis. That's, that was Elvis. I saw Elvis last night. Um, Elvis, and then... Same. Man, there's so much. And I'm thinking, like, oh, you've seen that. Like, we, we watched some of these together. Like, wh- what I wanted to say is The Lighthouse. Everyone go see The Lighthouse yeah. if you haven't seen The Lighthouse. But we watched that together. Um, Midsommar? Have you seen Midsommar? I haven't seen Midsommar. I have not. Dude, dude. I, and that is, I believe, like, 2019. So I'm considering that the same. I yeah. love horror. I love horror way more than Vince. But that movie, man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Anyone who's seen it can agree, but also it's disturbing. It's not scary. There's a difference between scary and disturbing. This is disturbing. It is consistently hard to watch the whole time, which like sounds like a reason not to watch it, but it's an experience, man. It's really good. Check that movie out. And Florence Pugh is amazing. Same with Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner really like flies under the radar because he plays this like douchebag not douchebag but like not a great guy so you're like oh i don't like him but he's so good at playing that it feels so real and it's it's really good really good movie um and then the third man uh i'm really trying to Oh, um, oh, I don't know when this was made. I'm just thinking of horror movies. That's what I. That's what I like. Really catch up on. Throw, um, throw it at me. Anyhow, Hush. Have you seen Hush? I've not seen Hush. I haven't even heard of that one. Hush I definitely have heard of Midsommar really and know the concept and everything. Yes. I believe Hush is. It might be like 2017 or 2016, but Hush is a really good movie. It's on Netflix. It's another horror movie. And it's about a author who is deaf and mute. She, like, as a child, had a disease or something that left her deaf and mute. And she lives alone in the woods and has a best-selling book and is having writer's block about her new best-selling, or about her new book. And um, a serial killer, a serial killer shows up at her house and tries to kill her. And it's like this cat and mouse game, but she's deaf 
it and they use silence really like well to their advantage and a lot of the times you can't hear anything as an audience member you just see what she can't see like him standing right behind her and you're like ah! very good yeah. movie the yeah. performances are really good it is the i mean the okay the killer is played by someone who you would not think would be the killer in the movie but he does a really good job so all right Okay, so two yeah, solid I, two solid horror films with two solid, two um, solid. yeah under the radar performances as from what you're saying. Okay, I li- you yeah, know what? Not from Florence Pugh in Midsummer. I'll say that right now. Florence Pugh gotcha. was yeah, you know, that highly definitely praised. Was she is there, not underrated. Sure. Jack Rayner is underrated. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't believe I didn't say Parasite. I, I can't believe I didn't say Parasite first of all because I know you haven't still seen. Still haven't movie, seen Parasite. I, still I, have that's, not seen Parasite. Uh, that and everything everywhere all at once. You got to watch those. But Elvis was quite okay, good without spoiling anything. Um, Elvis Elvis reminded me of like why the musical biopic has that format. You know how it, it can get a really tired, like a really tired format with all these musical biopics coming out. Elvis was one. Yeah that used that format and reminded me why that even became a thing in the first place. Cause it does it so well and, um, tons of energy. Yeah. The, I actually, my opinion shifted of the movie, the more I watched the movie. So at the beginning I was like, it was so fast paced. I hate the pacing of the beginning of the movie. And really? Okay. That's it's Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's so stylistic and so artsy, like artsy, it's artsy. It's Baz Larman, Larman, Lerman, Baz, Lerman, whatever. I don't know. Lerman, whatever. He's great. But I'm watching this movie, and especially at the beginning, I was like, whoa, slow down. Let me connect with these characters really quick before you go all trippy on me. The movie's very trippy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, let me meet Elvis before you do all this stuff. Mm. Let me meet Colonel Parker. Let me see this happen before you go crazy on me. But it starts like kicks you right in the pants, crazy and yeah. Oh gosh. At yeah. first I was like, at first I was like, man, you know, Austin Butler is like good, not stand out. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, this man deserves an Oscar. <laughs> it was he so, is so good. So good. He's so because it was it was and I, such a balance of yeah. not being in impression. It was very much so playing mm-hmm. Elvis as a human and taking on his, you know, accent and his mannerisms just because yes. that's what he was doing, not because you're doing some characterized impression of him on film. Mm-hmm. Um, very impressive. Yeah, it felt like a, yeah. an authentic Memphis accent with that just happened to sound like Elvis rather than an Elvis impersonator. Because you always yeah. do the whole oh, thank you very much, <laughs> but like he just talks. And then by the end, when, because we nowadays think of Elvis as the fat dude who played in Vegas and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's kind of our, our image, younger people's image of Elvis. Watching this movie, I was like, oh my God, why do we think of him like that? Oh, that's terrible. You feel so bad yeah. for him. Yeah. And you really do. I th- a big one of the problems I had, and I talked to the, the person I went to see this movie with, and we both agreed Colonel Tom Parker, Tom Hanks was great, but he wasn't, that character wasn't written very two-dimensional. Uh, it was, wasn't written very three-dimensionally. The character was very two-dimensional, and to be fair, that's what Colonel Tom Parker was. 
he was a bad person. Yeah. And I think Tom Hanks led this beautiful, like, um, you understood how Elvis fell for what he did. He, he felt like a father, and Tom Hanks really brings this, like, fatherly nature to this toxic character. And it's really good, but at the same time, that character doesn't do anything other than push Elvis. There's no... I see what you mean. I don't know. I wish I'd have seen him push to the brink. I wish I'd have seen something more. But And obviously Tom Hanks is amazing and the performance is really good. I, I'm just kind of blaming the writing for making that character not yeah. as interesting as I wanted him to be. You know? Yeah. He's more of like a force of, a, force of nature than a real character or a real person. Yeah. In the story, uh, which I yeah. I, I, th- I understand that as a decision. I think it kind of works for the film, but I get what you're saying. I get yeah. I get it. Connor, what and also, we... yeah, yeah. Also, he's the narrator. Oh yeah, that which, which is, is very interesting. Interesting take. It's a very interesting. He's like a vulture take. swarming Elvis yeah. in the beginning of the movie, which I like. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of kind of circling totally. him in all these different scenarios. There's no real interaction. But um, yeah, definitely. What do you say we leave it at that to avoid? To what avoid opening the can of worms for people. Go watch all the movies yeah. we said. I'll put those on my list. All right, next up. Back at you. An album or artist that you think they would like that they haven't listened to. So give me an artist. Give me an album. Give me something that you like that you think I have not listened to. Yeah, you know, um, I wanted to go with artists on this one, but you're you're pretty well versed in knowing a lot of different uh, musicians and bands and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, you're gonna know the artist of this album, and you mm-hmm. maybe have heard of the album. I just don't think that even if you have listened to it, you probably haven't just like really put it on intentionally. So uh, I'm gonna bring up "Message from a Drum" by Redbone. It's also called "The Witch Queen of New Orleans." Um, don't know it, man. That is a really solid... You know the band Redbone, right? Uh, Come and Get Your Love from, from like, Guardians yes. of the Galaxy. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is an album that includes another one of their big hits, uh, Witch Queen of New Orleans, and a bunch of other songs that really work well together. And I'm not as musical as you are, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, super aware of what's going on in terms of, like, the transitions between songs, but it's definitely one that feels very cohesive and underappreciated okay. for how uh, excellent it is put excellently it is put together I think it's like an actual work as an album pretty well so that would be my recommendation cool. great it's called Redbone the band yes. well Redbone's the band and then the, the album the, band. Uh, the original title is Message from a Drum but you might find it more easily under Witch Queen from New Orleans and I say New Orleans because that's how they there sing in the song I know it's New Orleans. New Orleans, either either one. I, I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I think just pulled it up. I just searched it. I don't know. Okay. I, you, yeah. You've talked about this band before. I remember you talking about them. They're all uh, Native American, correct? They are. And I don't know if they're all from the same community or if they grew up together or anything like that. But I, I do know that um, the, you know, they played a big part in the, I think, the early 70s with sort of empowerment going on with that. And their music's great. Right. So Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'll check them out. Okay, my recommendation. I have a couple because I'm an album guy. I listen to albums. Yeah, yeah. Hit, I don't hit just me listen to artists. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm gonna hit you with Ben Folds, "Rock in the Suburbs." If you haven't listened to that, 
I that was my quick take okay. once was listen to that. Yeah, album. no, it definitely really was. Yeah. Good. Don McLean's American Pie. The whole album. You told me about that. Yeah, song. that was Everyone's that was another quick take. Yeah. And then another Vincent, one. This one that. might shock you. And people who listen and know me know that I'm a metalhead, so I'm not gonna like throw metal at you because I know you're not gonna appreciate it. But Bastille's Bad Blood, the album, like what Pompeii okay. is on and Bad Blood, the whole album is really good. I listen to it way more than I thought I would, and it's super cool. It's like super um, alternative. The lyrics are great. Uh, it's really catchy. Yeah, I really like the songs. So check out that one. Of of all of them, that's the one I think will shock you. But okay. Bad Blood by Bastille. Really good album. Good for Bastille. So completely unfamiliar, so I'm totally yeah. down to check it out. Well, I know you've heard their songs. Yeah. It's um, Pompeii is like, eh, eh, oh, eh, oh, eh, eh, oh. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That, oh, that yeah. Works well, yeah, for when sure. it came out in like um, 2013, it, yeah, whatever. So, great. I'm one of those guys, you have to, you have to hum the song for me to, to know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I'm kind of the same, but I know a lot of song titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You're not doing yourself enough credit. You definitely know them. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now, great great suggestions. Everyone go check out those albums. I think, honestly, they're all albums yeah, that it. everyone could listen to, no matter what you're into. Um, okay, and then two YouTube channels that you want to recommend. This one yeah, is okay. interesting. This will... Th- you know, okay, let's see how we do with this. Two YouTube channels. I think I found one that is right up your alley very recently, too. Like, okay. Um, okay. Within the last couple days. And I don't think this channel mm. is even a year old. So it's very new. It's called Ooh. Mostly True. And it's these Mostly stick figure true. animations. Uh, stick figure animations, uh, funny concepts, good skits, and it's your humor. And, um, yeah, I think, I think pretty broad humor, too. So I think a lot of people would like it. Uh, the other one, mm-hmm. complete opposite direction, is maybe you've heard of it. It's a really popular channel, uh, and it's been around for a while. Real Life Lore. Um, I just love no the attention to uh, I to detail and, I and might research have seen some stuff. Yeah, so it's more like what's it's their, more like edutainment. I don't know oh, if they have okay. one single one that sticks out. It's just a lots of different topics that are really thoroughly researched, and they have you know very intricate like mapping that goes on that explores the topic. It's documentary style, and um, a lot of it checks out, and it's just a really great way to kind of keep informed on kind of current events and history and how they interlate. So yeah, I think you might like that's that That's definitely up your alley. I, I like that stuff too, but that sounds like a view YouTube channel for sure. Yeah, that's more like my usual content. I think but that's I, one that I you will I definitely like. appreciate that stuff, man. Um, okay. So mine, I'm a YouTube like buff. I love YouTube. Here's a, uh, he's an up and comer, uh, Mr. Beast. Have you heard of him? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my god, dude, Mr. Nice. Beast. Is, I think he's at 97 million subscribers. 97. Yeah, no. He doesn't surprise uh, me. He's the king of YouTube. Like it was PewDiePie, and now it's Mr. Beast, and it's been Mr. Beast for a I, long time. I really like that it's Mr. Beast he because. Is, because of his too. giving back. I, do too. I don't know. I like the giving back mm-hmm. aspect. I think that makes it all all like really engaging and, and super wholesome. Yeah. So 
I love it. 100%. And he's, it is something for the whole family kind of thing. Like, anyone can watch it and appreciate it and uh, enjoy what he's doing. Maybe it's not for you, but, because um, I, I don't really find what they're doing that, like, funny. I don't think their jokes are yeah, that funny. Either. You know, I'm not like l- busting a gut laughing at them, but I just enjoy watching their content. Or yeah. there, as in like yeah. the group, the Mr. Beast gang. Um, right, right. So, yeah, he rakes in those views for a reason. Also, his big yeah, controversy. Yeah, well, I haven't heard of him. He, when he just just yeah, haven't heard of him, so I'm super excited ever. to. Yeah, but uh, his when he recreated Squid Game, I think in a week he got more views than Squid Game on Netflix. I had heard about that. A lot of people were upset at that, and I was like, well, it's different. It's a 30-minute video that he made. It's so much easier to watch, and he's just hopping on the popularity of Squid Game. So even if you hadn't watched Squid Game, you knew what was happening, and you knew what it was about because all the trends, and you know what's going on. You maybe don't know the specific story, or you don't know the spoilers, but you know that they play children's games, and then he just goes plays those children's games, and it's easy for everyone to watch and understand, even if you didn't see Squid Game. So yeah, yeah. Also, that's crazy to make it in real life and really do that is wild. But whatever, I will. It's I will really get impressive. away from mine. It, it's very impressive. Okay. First channel, this channel has been dead for a while, but I love oh, okay. his videos. Sam Onella. Sam Onella. I, met, I definitely Sam Onella. heard the name. I you might have content, seen his though. stuff. He, he has like the meme clip where it's like people playing Jenga with fish, and the police knock in. They're like, Is that fucking fish, Jenga? No. And they like knock over the fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's ri- it's like he goes historical. He is also like informative, so he just tells weird parts of history or whatever, and he animates it with his own very dry sense oh, of humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did he do he's the one pretty about popular. The... He hasn't posted in years, or at least I'm not aware. Did he... did he do the one about the French dude that was like eating people? Yep. That was just that was so him. hungry. Okay, then I have seen his stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watch all of his stuff. It's all. That good. It's all hilarious. Okay. He's really funny. Um, and then a second YouTube channel. There's this new YouTuber. Actually, in like a couple months, he hit a million subscribers, and I really like him. Uh, his name is Jakerton. Okay. Not, he he just like reacts to videos on his Discord, and he's really funny. Just his reaction is funny, and he's so innocent gotcha. to memes. Like he doesn't. He hasn't already been adverse in the meme culture so him watching these things he's like i don't get it he's like a boomer that's his joke is like 26 year old oh, boomer okay. reacts to memes okay he's really popular on youtube shorts that's where most of his views came in and then yeah he, um, yeah and then he like expanded and now has a million subscribers so he's but i really like him he's fun he's really wholesome he's just a good guy that's great to hear i i honestly youtube shorts are the new vine and I never was into Vine uh, when it was yeah. out, so I, I'm kind of I catching on Vine, to that bro. drift now, Vine. and I do I do like it. What's next, Connor? Cool. What, what do next you got for me? Is one one other media recommendation? It can be anything, any book, any okay. 
Mu- don't do movies, albums, or YouTube channels. Do yeah, something yeah. else. Something else. Something yeah. else. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, all right. If if you've heard of this one or read it, stop me, and I'll throw you another one. But have you read Mouse yet? No. I know it, but I have not read it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know what Mouse is, which I feel like, you know, if you do, you're kind of like Vince. Why are I you, think most why people are you have Mouse? seen it. Seen it at the book yeah. fair. That's where I saw it. I was the, like, whoa. The reason I bring it up, though, is because recently there have been a lot of book bans, and Mouse has been a topic of those bans, which is appalling to me, frankly, because I don't think there's any better piece of media to kind of examine the whole... I mean, I am not the best person to decide which is the best media, but for me personally, yeah. this is the most profound piece of work, like profound artistic work about the Holocaust. And man, it's it's just wild. It's so creative, but it's also just um, really really hard to read. But um, really impressive, really impressive work. It's like a graphic novel in a book bound form. And um, okay, there's nothing quite like it. So yeah, that's my I recommendation. Will, I really need to check that out. Yeah, I might. I'll probably order it. But that's one I definitely need to check out. Okay. Now, my recommendation, Inside by Bo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> no, never seen it. We could talk about it. We need an episode on Inside. We just need an Honestly, episode Honestly, we on could Inside. give a whole episode, especially now with the, del- we could the do deluxe it. edition with that's the out. And the deluxe, we'll, outtakes. we'll definitely the talk outtakes, about that. The outtakes, I mean, yeah. not the deluxe edition. The outtakes, sir. Uh, yeah. Well, the deluxe album, he does the album with right, the deluxe. Right, right. So it's, I get exactly. where you're from. But uh, other media, I'm going to go with the musical. Okay. I'm thinking, what's something you haven't heard of or haven't seen that I is really good? Um, well, haven't seen would be an easy one because there's a lot. Haven't of seen is easy, I but haven't, haven't heard of yeah. or have I yeah. haven't already showed you because I've shown like, you a couple yeah, of my faves. Yeah. Like I would say, like cabaret or parade, but I I've talked to you about those and shown you them. Right. Um, right. Cabaret, I'm really man. wanting to see. I definitely want to see that one. That's uh, the cabaret is very good. Um, dang, I. I Next to normal. You've okay. You've brought up the title, and I think you've broken it down for me before, but um, not to the point where it's stuck in my mind. So I know that's, yeah. and I know that's one that you're excited about because you were supposed to do it, and then yep. the pandemic hit, and then it got canceled, and yep. that's kind of one that's yeah, like, pretty bummed ugh. about that one. But um, no, yeah. next okay. to normal is very, very good. It won the Pulitzer Prize. It was the last. Pulitzer Prize winner before Hamilton. So, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Last Pulitzer Prize yeah, winning so, musical? Oh, gotcha. musical, yes. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's just incredibly sad and, and meaningful. It's about a family, a dysfunctional family, and it's just how they go through life. And some <laughs> obviously there's twists and turns, and there's things you don't expect, like the mother's mental health and the father. They, they all have issues. And I was yeah. supposed to play the yeah. brother, the son, Gabe. And that role is big in its own way that I won't spoil. I won't spoil any of the show, but, the, you know, every character is so great, so well-written. And uh, really go listen to it or check it out if you haven't. The music is awesome. It's a it's like a rock musical, so some of it is like rock, and then some of it is just okay. soft, powerful, like 
tears streaming down my face every time I listen to it. That is one show right. I will listen to and without fail cry every time. It's that's the best powerful. praise I can hear. I will definitely check it out then. I like I like those kinds yeah. of um those kinds of works. It's pretty long though. I think I don't know, maybe like an hour. Ah, or never mind. Uh, Forget I it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's not much dialogue in the show. In so a lot of times, like a, a musical's album will be an hour, and then right the real show is like two hours because there's dialogue and there's scenes and there's. But this one is borderline a rock opera. There's barely any dialogue in the whole show. There is dialogue, okay, but it's really brief from song to song to song. And yeah, that, that's, that's it's worth standard it. You don't. You, it doesn't take away, way, right? Not really. Some sometimes oh, okay. it's it's standard, and then for other shows, it's it's not. Older shows had a had a okay. lot of dialogue. I just did Sound of Music. That certainly had a good amount of dialogue. Um, True. Yeah, the movie definitely. If the movie takes a lot yeah. of the musical, um, mm-hmm. it's mostly a movie. It, with some it's songs different, in it. but yeah. it's yeah. And um, okay. Then you look at something. This is a fun fact. There, the show 1776, which is going on Broadway. Again, it was written in the 60s. Correct me if I'm wrong, someone in the whatever. But um, it is the only show that is contractually in, in the musician's contract that they can leave in the middle of the show because there is a 45-minute gap of no music. It is the longest gap of no music in all of musicals. There's no Weird. music for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's all just dialogue. And contractually, okay. they can leave. And actually, it's crazy because if the actors are early and the musicians aren't back, sucks. Musicians are not wrong. So it was like a joke that they'd go grab a beer and then come back. And they would they were on a very strict time, but if you got there before then, so if the actors were early or rushing, nope. Oh dang. <laughs> yeah. So they they I think Whoa. very quickly learned to not rush that scene. It's better to make the forty five minutes slower than it is longer. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Weird. You're like acting Weird. and then you just see the pit leave. <laughs> I would hate that. That'd throw me off so bad. Whatever. But no, uh, yeah, check out Next to Normal. It's really good. Most musical theater people know Next to Normal. It's very, very common. You're not spoiling anything for someone who knows musicals, but um, for someone who doesn't, it's it's a good one show to see. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, what do we have next? We're done. We're done with the pitches. We're not pitching. We're just going to talk about our favorite things. This is where it just comes into our favorite stuff. Okay. This is where it gets real tough. This Ooh. is where it gets real. And I'm going to have to be the strict one. It's the gauntlet. You're going to have to throw some some babies aside. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, You're yeah. going to have to throw okay. them aside. Um, all right. Let's start with top three, top three TV shows. This one's an easier one for me because I'm not that I, into I TV. Definitely um, same. I think, I think for me... Pretty easily, um, Breaking Bad, Batman the Animated Series, and Survivor. Okay. Those are my three. Yeah, that was I don't, very easy. I don't have anything to say to, to expound yep. on them. Amazing. I love them. Yeah. What about you? Oh, man, I, I'd have to say Breaking Bad number one, too. 
But um, yeah, I yeah, everyone is always so shocked when I say like I don't watch that much TV. I ju- I watch movies or I watch YouTube. I don't watch TV and I don't know why. But um, yeah, Breaking Bad is number one. That's the only show. That's really one of the only shows that I actually finished and got invested in and binged during quarantine. And probably, oh man, this is one where I'm thinking like, what shows have I watched? Maybe The Office. Probably The Office number two. I really I, I love okay. The Office. Then, dude, oh, The Boys on Amazon Prime, hundred percent. Really? Okay. That's, I'm surprised you didn't say I South Park. Watching. I don't I'm watch South Park. I'm surprised you didn't much. say. I don't watch really? South Park. Really? Okay. I barely. Man, I thought you had more of an attachment Park, to it. Actually. No, okay. I love South Park. I just Ooh. love Trey Parker and Matt Stone, but I'm not too. More, okay, too, uh, I see. I don't watch. I'm not like waiting for South Park to come out. I yeah, I mean, of animated okay. shows, if an animated show were up there, I'd prob- I'd have to put like Family Guy or something. I'm way more attached really? to Family Guy than I am South Park. Oh, not wild. new Family okay. Guy. There's like mid Family Guy is what I think is the best Family Guy. Yeah, early to mid. I don't. I don't watch early. Family early guy. Family Guy, not great, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. I'll, I'll go with. I feel like that's the easy one. Let's. That really is the easy one. That's the softball. Take it up a notch. Take it up a freaking right. notch, and go. Let's do top two favorite directors. This one, one of them is easy for me. Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. The other oh, is extremely okay. difficult. Extremely yeah. difficult for me. I'm thinking um, of mine right now. I though. could literally... <laughs> I, could, I could go with a different director any day of the week on this one because I want to yeah. say Steven Spielberg because there's so many oh, dude, of his movies that dude. I'm extremely attached to. I want to maybe yeah. say Stanley Kubrick, but nah, I don't know. I, I want to say... Ah, gosh. Even somebody like Quentin Tarantino or just like there's just... You know, there's so many basic answers to this that are easy to go with. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to be a poser. I'm not, I'm not, a, a, I'm very new to this director. Um, I'm going to say Steven Soderbergh just because oh. I like what Steven Soderbergh stands for as a director. Um, I okay. really love, uh, one of his movies that I grew up with that I am a fan of and can say, can you know live by is Ocean's Eleven, his remake of Ocean's Eleven. Me and my dad watch that on VHS probably like two times a year. I love that movie. Um, another one of his films that came out recently that I really loved was No Sudden Move, and uh, it came mm. out last year with um, okay with the uh, Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro, and it's like a noir. He loves Don Cheadle. Noir ish, yeah, noir ish thriller, and he does he just. The thing about Steven Soderbergh that's great is he puts out films quickly um, with low budgets and makes it art, makes it professional. And he's inspiring for people who want to get into filmmaking because he's a blueprint for this is what you can do with limited means and you can still make great movies. And even though he could get, he could pull in really big budgets and do one movie a year, he opts instead to do lots of movies very efficiently um, for low budgets, and they're still great. And I really admire that. So I want to get more into him, it's but true, I'll, I'll say Steven Soderbergh. How about you? Okay, good. That's a good answer. I think, oh, dude, I, man, 
I'm not too attached to like any director. There's a couple directors that yeah. I love, but favorite? Like I like Wes Anderson. I like all of his stuff. I like Christopher Nolan, obviously. But favorite? Dude, I'm going to have to go Steven Spielberg. I know that's like the cop-out answer. Yeah. But literally, like, if there is a director who has mastered every genre of movie, period, it's Steven Spielberg. He literally can do and has done everything. And he's made the best movie in that genre just doing that. He was like, I'm going to make a war movie. Saving Private Ryan makes the best war movie basically ever. I'm going to do a historical piece, Schindler's List. I'm going to make a horror movie. When he was 27, he did Jaws. It's like, yeah. what a genius. Poltergeist. He's a tank. He's a tank. I mean, he, you uh. cannot deny that the ma- Jurassic well, Park, you cannot deny that this guy is the best for a reason. Yeah. He's the best. Well, you, you the thing about him, too. Disagree, yeah. So you say Poltergeist, and that reminds me, because he didn't actually direct Poltergeist. I, he was just he a didn't? producer. What did he do? He was a producer. No, okay, he, he was a producer. But that's the thing about him. But the thing about him that brings up a great point about him as a director is he's also an insanely good producer. I think Amblin Entertainment yes. is his. And a lot of the movies that we associate yeah. with him aren't necessarily his, but they have his stamp on them. And mm-hmm. um, that's just as powerful as like a creative like as a, as a filmmaker totally. there's so much under totally. his umbrella that's been touched by him and shaped by him so that's why i also like i mean i love when directors have their own like signature style like wes anderson come on that's a wes anderson yeah yeah christopher nolan the same way right. all these people have their styles um you can't really say that about steven spielberg all none of his movies they're just movies they're just you watch a steven spielberg and you're like, this is a movie. He doesn't, yeah. he's not like, oh, I love this shot, so I do it all the time. I can't think of something where he does that. He just makes good movies and does what is necessary for the movie. I, right. Yeah, man, you'd I probably cannot, have to be a... Obviously, you can't sing his praises enough. Yeah, you'd probably have to be a very astute like film student to really pick apart Steven Spielberg's style well. Because, yeah. I mean, I... I completely agree with you. I can't really do it. He feels yeah. very much so. Yeah, like you're saying, this is a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then second one, ah, dude, I might have to go modern. I think I'm going to say Ari Aster. Okay. Who, he directed Hereditary and Midsommar, and he's only done two movies, but I like have never seen someone. It was honestly him or Robert Eggers, and I still haven't seen The Northman. Yeah, yeah. But um, I love... Ari Aster's, like, writing. I'm so excited for his next movie. And with two movies, he's made, like, great films, and you know he's just going so many places, and I, I yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Ari Aster. I love his style. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's my answer for that. Okay. I like that next take. Next one. Next one. Hmm... I got a list here, and I'm like, which one do I torture Vince with? Because <laughs> uh, I'm picking the easy ones. I feel like these are pretty easy. Yeah. We could get pretty oh, hard directors, here. That was hard for me to say. That was hard. Directors was pretty tough, but there's harder. Okay. Top okay. three favorite bands or artists. Just like musicians. Kind yeah. Of. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. One is... Without a doubt, easy. I've already said it. We've done the Beatles episode. They're by far my favorite band. Yeah. Beatles. Um, easy second, money. not easy to say, but 
pretty solidly on this list is Duke Ellington. Um, okay. Super foundational for me. I, I mentioned this before in another episode, but when I was younger, like in middle school, I only listened to instrumental music. Yeah. And yeah, he most did. of that was Duke Ellington. And I mm-hmm. love Duke Ellington because the thing about him and his music is, um, well, not just him. He's had other writers that, you know, he's kind of taken credit for, you know, gotten some credit from. But um, I'm forgetting the name. Like Billy, I think it's Billy Strahan. Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. He's just foundational to jazz. Oh. A lot of great jazz songs that yeah. other artists, you know, do their renditions of are his songs. And so I really appreciate that. But mm-hmm. uh, third is a hard one. Third is a really hard one for me. Uh, cool. I'm going to say Bob Marley. Wow, and you know that doesn't surprise me. You you were on a Bob Marley kick last time you we were both in Virginia. You were really showing yeah. me stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, because the, and then I'll, I'll expound on that just a bit. I'm not. I can't call myself like a reggae fan. I love reggae music mm-hmm. when I hear it, but I don't seek out new reggae albums or artists. But um, Bob Marley is one that I've listened to up and down. Bless you. I listened wow. to him up and down. That basically. was a cough, but thank uh, you. Oh, right. I take it back. Just just kidding. You can have it. You are unblessed. What about you, Connor? <laughs> what, Dude, what about you, is, Connor? This is harder for me. I am such like a musician, like music fan. I love music. And I would say the Beatles, but I don't listen to the Beatles that much. No. You're not going to put them in here? Oh, wow. I might have No, that's to. fair. Okay. I might have to. No, 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 no. I got to look through my music. Like, Okay. Oh, West Air, number one. West Air. Oh God. <laughs> you gotta plug it. You gotta plug it. You gotta plug my band. Shameless. Gotta plug Shameless my band. plug. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by West Air. Ride with well, me. Um do, do, do. check out my band, everyone. West Air. Uh no, yeah, no. you totally should. And uh, that's not to shun your band. Uh this list is obviously excluding totally that. Joking. This is excluding that, Connor, because of uh, you know, what's it called? It's a little bias. Honor. Honor, integrity, <laughs> honor, <laughs> values. Honestly, Connor's a honor. A lot of my stuff, Mike. <laughs> a lot of my stuff might go to like metal. Oh, dude, there's so many foundational bands for me that I can look back and go like, they are the reason I do music, or that's where my style of musicianship comes from. Like yeah. Green Day got me into music. Muse honed my skills as a musician because I started learning more stuff and I. And I really appreciate them, but I don't listen to them that much anymore, because I li- I just gotcha. listen to new stuff all the time. Uh, dude, Primus. Okay, I'm gonna go number. Th- Is it Primus or Primus? No, okay, I'll do n- Primus. I don't listen to Primus that much. They're they're really good, and I appreciate Les Claypool's bass playing because he's a god. But you know, um, okay, number three, I'll do the Beatles. Uh, yeah, I can't not. Okay, put the Beatles on there. They're one of the bands that I can just throw on and go, okay, cool, it's the Beatles. I love all their stuff. And then, oh, dude. Okay, for right this now. This is killing you. This is killing me. I'm such a metalhead. I'm, like, looking through all my stuff like, Bleh. Okay. Number three, Slipknot. Dude, I love Slipknot. They're so good. I'm so excited for their new album. Their last album wasn't, it was good. I wanted it to be better. So I'm just ready for the new one, you know? 
And then number one right now is Gojira, which okay, yeah, I you played some Gojira for oh me my before. God, they're they're just heavy and they rock and they have amazing lyrics and they're just amazing musicians of a band I've never seen a band more tight in difficult things to play. Like no one is playing anything easy, but they blend so well. And the obviously the drummer is like, oh, he's carrying, but he's playing all this stuff and these odd time signatures, they just sound so clean and it sounds right when they do it. Because a lot of times I know bands that, like I can say that about Dream Theater, which anyone who listens to Dream Theater will know, they're very complicated, but a lot of times it feels like they're complicated for the sake of being complicated. And I yeah. don't like that. Like Jacob Collier, sue me. Jacob Collier is complicated just to be complicated. I don't want to hear okay. the inverse ninth of the seventh, eightieth, fifth. You know what I'm saying? But gotcha. When you add that, and I don't notice, that's what I like. So the Gojira has this crazy stuff that sounds just natural. You're like, wow, how did you think of that and make it so good? They're just so groovy. Mm. I, I really love Gojira. I got to see him live that too. That was that was amazing. Um, yeah, that's my three. Oh, right that on. killed me. That that took an arrow to the heart, okay. man. That was painful to watch oh, for dude. for you for you. That was that yeah. seemed difficult. <laughs> it was. It was quite hard. <laughs> okay, next one. I'm gonna pick one that's harder for you. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, dude, this list is just killing me. You're fine. Okay, top three top three favorite books. Yeah. Okay. You know the thing is the thing oh, is sh- I think it might seem so easier for me because what <laughs> it might seem I easier for me would because be difficult I've, for you. No, no, no. It's because I've thought about this. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I think I that's the key difference. Yeah. Is I think about these things a lot. Like <laughs> I act when I read a new book. I and I like it. I tell myself, okay, is this in my top ten favorite books? So it's like something I have in <laughs> mind. The difficulty wow. isn't happening right now because it's something I've already like worked through, but this is very difficult for me. Um, but I'm going to say it because I've already thought about it. Um, yeah. My favorite book at the moment is Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Uh, okay. Um, Classic. Not the Invisible Man, not about, I know. you know, you know, not the about the Invisible character. Man. I'm just the saying Invisible that for anyone man. who may not yes. be familiar. Invisible Man. Um, I really wish they would have given this, given this to me in high school, or bless you, I would have loved to study this. That book was a cough I again, think Vince. I think it's perfect. Jesus. You know what? I'm gonna keep giving you blessings, Connor. Blessings your way. <laughs> I need them. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Seasons you. greetings. Uh, um, this book is it's perfect in my mind. Uh, I don't want to say anything perfect. else. Bold claim. I, it's to me if I were to you know tell you to read, tell you or anyone to read one book for the rest of my life, just. You know, I I keep barking this one because I there's nothing wrong with it and it's uh, so engaging wow. and impeccable and doesn't age. Um, okay, second mm. I would say Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Um, okay, this is something I love about this book. It's massively it's massive. It's long. If you don't love reading, you might not like this one. Uh, that's why I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. But if you do like reading, I totally would recommend it. Um, yeah, it feels like. You know how Pulp Fiction kind of weaves between characters or, like, oh yeah, doesn't necessarily... You don't feel the protagonist. 
This is one of those, but in book form. Like, mm-hmm. there will be a scene where somebody walks into a room, and you're following them, kind of. Like, the story's with them. And they have this conversation, yeah. and you don't even realize it, but you leave that room with the other character. And it just kind of happens like that wow. for 900 pages. And it just, mm. it's super organic, and it's a really cool period piece in uh, late 1800s Russia. So I really like it. Um, yeah, that's one. Okay, third uh, book. Obviously, that's a classic. It yeah, is a third, classic, third and it's a very deserved third. classic. Deserved classic. Yeah. Uh, third uh, is going to be, it's a trilogy of books, but it's, they're short books, so that kind of counts as one. Uh, it's Careful. the African Trilogy by Chinua Achebe. Um, oh. All right, like, and if you told Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's three books within them. So if you told me, if you said, Vince, I, you have to pick one of them, that's pick very, one, very Vince. hard for me to do. I'd have to think pick that. Pick one. I'll do that, though. I, right now, my gut answer pick is it. the... I can't remember when it came out versus what it is chronologically, but it's the second one chronologically um, is Arrow of God. That, that's my favorite one. Okay. But basically it follows like the, not necessarily the same family, but families that are kind of like connected in different generations. And it follows like uh, British colonialism of this certain part of Nigeria, which I was completely unfamiliar wow. with um, other than this book. So it was like opening a whole new um, world to me and, and talking about, you know, colonization, which is something that I'm passionately against and passionate about because yeah. I'm passionately against it uh, in writing and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it Definitely. was very fascinating the way it discussed that and blew my mind. So I, I really love that book. How about you? Yeah. And that's, that's uh, Things Fall Down, right? Things Fall Apart? Yeah, Things Fall Apart. Things Fall Apart. Exactly. Things Fall Apart. Exactly. That's, that's the first, book. That's the first that's book in the book. trilogy. Oh, so you've read it. That's you've the, read the only first one I've one. read. That's the only one I've read. Oh, great. Uh, I read that. In I school. didn't know you read that. Yeah, good. yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, see, yeah. I wish they had given me that in school. They never, yeah, they never threw it my yeah, way. I Virginia schools are much better than California schools, my man. Are they? Are they though? Oh, I can see what 100%. you mean a bit. Hundred percent. But hundred mm. percent. Okay. Um, top three. Okay, for me, I don't read ever. So <laughs> my <laughs> books are gonna be pretty easy because I just have like. 20 books up here, and I'm like, all right, which one do I like the most? Because these are the only ones I've read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm going to go eggs and ham. from three to one. I'm going to go three to one. Number three, oh, Okay. I'm going to do And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. I love oh, that Oh, beautiful book. choice. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I, this, I have a great story with this. Uh, in sixth grade, we were assigned to this book. And we had to read it, and they give you, like, deadlines to pass. So, like, by this time, you have to have read to chapter three and blah, 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 and then you discuss and go through it, which is good. You have to, so everyone reads together. I read that whole book in a day. I could not put it down. Dang. I read the entire yeah. book. And I was like, I've never read a book that fast. I've never cared that fast. I, I read that entire book in a day, and... Oh my god, it was so good, and we had to like guess because she said, "Okay." Ev- my teacher was like, "Okay, so these people here, and spoiler, they die. Like some of them die. What order do you think they're going to die in?" I was so wrong because we all read the first chapter in class where it introduces everyone. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, you're on your own. And I literally walked the halls reading it. I read it on the bus home. I got home. <laughs> I didn't do homework. I just read it. I ate dinner and then I read it and I finished it at like three in the morning. I love that book. 
Oh, that's pure um, love. That's a beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful it's, stuff. It's a good. I, it's a. It's a good story. Yeah. And then uh, have you read two, any other? Real quick, have you read Agatha any Christie? other Agatha Christie? Yeah. No. Have you gotten into? I have there's not one, read Murder I was gonna Roger Ackroyd. I know that's that's one I've always recommended, but I read one. I heard yeah. one recently because I had it as an audiobook, and I didn't even know I did. Um, it's called Five Little Pigs, and it's one of the lesser known ones, but that's one that I think you'd like. Uh, if you ever want to read another one from her. Okay, cool. Uh, let me think about another book. Dude. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go classic Lord of the Flies, number two. I, r- okay. I love Lord of the Flies. Great book. Absolutely yeah. classic. It's short. It's a short read. I forgot how short it was. Uh, very good. There are a couple of books I've stolen from my school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then there was one, one of them. October Sky <laughs> is one, are one of, them, of them. And Lord of the Flies <laughs> is one of them. So if you look through some of my books and it says like Kempsville High School. <laughs> uh, sorry, my English teachers. I stole the books. It was me. Um, I'm surprised they never made me pay. Maybe they made my parents and I'm just unaware. Whatever. Uh, so They probably yeah, liked it. Lord of the they Flies. probably liked that you had them. Abs- yeah. Okay. You know. What teacher is going to be actually mad that you stole a book? It's a book. Right, Good. exactly. Unless it's <laughs> like a really steal, pricey steal a textbook. No, for sure. Yeah, I'm that's with different. You. But who, what kid is going to steal a textbook? Unless okay, it's my right. book. So, if you don't then, pay me for... Just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number one. Please steal. Hands down is It by Stephen King. That is the book that... Whoa. Really stayed with me. It's, it's Stephen King's best work. I've read a bunch of his stuff. It is his, it's a masterpiece. It's a 1,400-page masterpiece. Um, it's scary. It's disturbing. It's moving. It's, it's like clearly a coming-of-age story just hidden under these horrors. And the movies never do Pennywise justice on how scary he is in the book. Like... Obviously, you can't go into too much detail, especially with kids. And the book is very, very sexual. That's another thing. Because these kids are going through, like, sexual changes. He's not afraid to talk about that. And um, there are some things they just don't address in the movies, which is good. Don't need them. Yeah, yeah. You don't need it. But in the book, Pennywise, like, attaches to that. And gotcha. some of those things are really bad. Like, w- the easiest one to talk about, shockingly, is uh, Beverly, the girl, is molested by her dad. And Pennywise yeah, comes back as the dad and is her dad. And he's, oh, it's just really, like, intense. And it's very Yeah, you good. told me about some of the other stuff, and I it's very shocking. And uh, It's very shocking. But like you're saying, crafted very, very well. Yes, and, and, and the, the inappropriateness, yeah, the sec- the sexual or, nature no, is not is not like aggressively unnecessarily sexual. It feels real. It feels like yeah. little kids' versions of sex, and what they and there's like a purpose to it in the story. There's a purpose to it. It's not just it's not just there to be there. There's a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say? I'm surprised you didn't say Animal Farm. I thought for sure oh, you were gonna dude. put this in your top three. Oh shoot! Animal Farm. <laughs> Damn it! I forgot about Animal Farm. That's I don't have it up here. Oh man, that's my number four. Oh, you know what? Yeah, okay. I screw it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> B- 
Buy Lord of the Flies. I'm doing Animal Farm. You're Cutting switching that in as the second putting one. Putting Animal Farm in. You had to do that to yeah. me, bro. Dang it. Yeah, I knew I, I knew you were going to do that, too. Farm. I knew you I knew you were going to do exactly that, because I knew you weren't going to take, <gasps> and then they were not off the list, and I figured it was going to take not. Lord of the Flies' this place. Yeah, oh. yeah. Man. I love it. Yeah. The, what, do, what do we have next, I man? I love Animal Farm. Next? Oh, yeah. Okay. Animal. Next, we have... Um, let me look... Top three favorite performances. Period. Yes. Uh, two of these. Best two of these performances are easy. you've seen. Two of these are easy for me. And, are we saying um, you've seen in person? Are we okay? Hold up. Ground rules. In person oh. or or period performances. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good point. Are we talking? We're just talking acting performances, right? I'm it, assuming. Do you want to do acting? Okay, acting performances. Ooh. Acting performance, then whether yes. it's play or movie or, it's a play or TV. Or movie or could be anything. anything. Great. Great. Okay. Um, that makes it a little more difficult. Vince's I, number I one is... I was just is, thinking movies. Yeah. My Vince's number one, one is, is Gene Wilder. Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad. <laughs> no, it's not. I love him. I love him in that show. Yeah. Don't. But he, he's not one of my top three. My number one is Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Um, yeah. that performance blows me away one, every time number I see one? it. My number one, number one, Gene Wilder is Willy Man. Wonka. Number two, um, number two, it's weird and it's super cliche and we just had an episode that we recorded about Batman. I think it kind of goes without saying though that the performance in itself that's captured on screen, Heath Ledger as Joker. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it's super cliche and it's, the thing is he's not even my favorite Joker. That's what makes it weird. It's like Mark Hamill's my favorite is Joker. Your, is Mark Hamill your favorite Joker? Okay. Yeah, but he's like because it's, it's not he's the like same. an amalgamation. It's not the same. It's yeah. not like one performance. It's a bunch of different episodes yeah. or movies or like things exactly. put together that makes him the best. And he's also yeah. more but, you know, relates to the comics. Like I hear his voice when I yeah. read the comic. Yes. But Heath Ledger's but Heath like Ledger's Joker a really good performance. He fits in that yeah, movie exactly. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, oh, yeah, gosh, a, perform- a third one is really tough for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I want to make it clear, all three of these are going to be men, but uh, I realize that, you know, it's like, obviously this should be open to both, and there are tons of great actresses out there. I'm not trying to, like, only think about guys. It just, you know, it just so happens sexist. that I attach. I just so happen to attach to, you know, you know, male actors doing performances more yeah, because, it, you know, that, may, I don't know. I don't know. Sense. I don't know why, but um, you're a guy. I That's think why. that might, you know, maybe <laughs> that might have something to do with uh, the the identity relation there. Uh, gosh. Okay. I am really torn on this one, but I'm just going to throw out. Um, can you can you say one or two and then I can can I circle back around my third? It's going to kill me for a second. Okay. Can I actually okay. circle back around for this one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dude, I got to think about this, too. Number one. Oh, this is going to be an awkward part of the... Where we just don't talk for a second. This <laughs> kills like, me, don't man. Talk. Vince thinks about we this, might. but I don't. Oh, man. Uh, number three. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I know that Daniel Day Lewis in There Will Be Blood is up there. Um, okay, which number is he though? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, maybe don't even rank them. Maybe just say three. Maybe just say no, three. You of have them. to rank them, and then you have to rank them. You do? Please. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, these are my these are my rules. Okay. okay. All right, um, all right. I'll put him at two. 
Because I, f- I feel like okay. there's something I'm just forgetting that's, like, my number one, clearly. Uh, oh, yeah. Number one is um, Ray Fiennes as Amon Goat in Schindler's List. Oh, dang. Which yeah, is like hard to pick. say, but he is so good in that movie. To be... Yeah. When I, when I think of whenever I d- have to do a monologue or I do something that where I have to be a bad person, that's the kind of thing I think of. Obviously, I'm not as despicable as that but to be that character and somehow like bring humanity to someone like that make make you hate them and just unabashed oh it's his his performance is so good you hate him so much but he does not feel like you can't describe it he brings like a real character he makes him so real instead of just being a bad guy like, uh, Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker is just a bad guy. And it's an amazing bad guy. But Amon Goat, especially when he, like, falls in love with the Jewish girl, you're it's scary because you're like, he could just kill her, but he's in love with her. And it's, ah, uh, God. It's and his so love is, real. even his love is so despicable. And, like, everything about yep. that is yep. warped and wrong. And just, that's hard to play. Uh, you're so right. And that obviously, is, that is, that is uh, to the writing. That is huge credit to the writing, but um, he yeah. is he is absolutely amazing in that role. Okay, mm. what's your number three? And you know, I'll just think of number oh three. Oh gosh, yeah, you I go for do it. Uh. Man, uh, okay, this one's more recent. I don't know. I really just got to shout this out. Uh, honorable mentions is Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe in the Lighthouse. Honorable mentions. That's mention. pretty darn good. They're they're, they're yeah spectacular. Yeah. I'm going to do number 3 is um oh, oh, what's her name? She's the mom in Hereditary. Um Oh, yeah, isn't it uh Tony Colletti? <sighs> Tony Collette. Or Tony Collette. Tony, okay, cool. Is absolutely amazing in that movie and she wasn't nominated for an Oscar, which is just unfathomable. It's so dumb that she wasn't and she is so mm. good. She's so good. And since mm. I put a woman on the list, I'm not sexist, but Vince is. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm getting. Well, at. you don't know what my third's gonna be, but <laughs> no, it's probably it's <laughs> no. But really, the, I did preface it. I did so preface good. it. Yeah, now I now I do want to see that movie even more that you put that you pointed out that highly. Um, yeah, yeah. Dang, she, she dude, is this is real. This one's up. tough. This is tough because there's so many performances and so many movies, and it's hard to separate performance from like the work itself. Because I want to mm-hmm. say Al Pacino as Michael Corleone in The Godfather, but um, yeah. I can't, like, part of that, the reason I love that is because the movie's so good, and it's maybe, like, boosting that for me. Um, if I were to pick someone in The Godfather, I'd pick um, Robert De Niro in Marley. Godfather Part Two. Okay. Okay, I can see that. I mean, it's pretty impressive. All the performances are impressive. Um yeah, okay, and, and I got that, you. I got you. Movies are masterpieces, um, absolutely. Uh, my third, make it my second. It's above Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, okay, is Takashi Shimura in Akira Kurosawa's Ikiru, and this is a movie from and 1952. And I'll be talking about this again in just a moment uh, for another <laughs> thing that we're talking about. Uh, I'll. Save my overall thoughts on this for a little later, but um, the performance itself is astounding. 
and I'll circle back to it when I talk about it later. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing performance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, awesome. That's our, that's our list. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, wait. And now you forgot about the albums. We don't have time. We're already running past an hour, my man. We don't have time for oh, albums. Oh, okay. I'm skipping albums. No time for I'm albums? Skipping it. Throw me... No time for okay. albums. Okay. All right. All right. We're, We're past barreling an hour, right ahead. my man. We're barreling okay. in. And also, I'm going to do this to you. And I thought about this. Vince, uh, uh, we talked about this. Obviously... Um, spoiler alert! Like we, we both knew what we were doing. I didn't bring this fresh to the, the pod. But um, <laughs> top ten favorite movies. But yeah. I'm gonna torture you, and do top oh gosh, five no, what favorite are you do? movies. Oh, I can I do? Can I give you seven? Can I do seven? <laughs> he needs to talk about Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> no, that one's that one's in the top five actually. But um, okay, then I'm only. Can I, I do seven? <sighs> Because you you'll want to hear and, and honorable hear. mentions. You can do five and honorable mentions. Gosh darn it! Real quick, my favorite album is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Okay, I barreled that okay. in. All okay. right, cool. um, does, not that it matters. I just had to say that. I couldn't couldn't help myself. Okay, that's a great album. My two that's, honorable that's classic, absolutely. Ah, oh, you bastard! Yeah, man, I can. Only, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep to just giving you two honorable mentions as much as I want to talk about the other three films that I had to just not talk I about know. right now. Gosh darn it, you're killing me. You had to do something to me. Okay. <laughs> I the two know. Honorable I, I mentions. was tortured this episode. It's your turn. Ah, two honorable mentions are um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, okay. Just go see that movie, no matter who you are, what you're doing, what your preferences in movies are. Uh, see that movie. It is sincerely perfect. Um, it's wow. the best movie of the decade, easily, and absolutely blew my mind. Uh Another honorable mention is Porco Rosso. This movie mm-hmm. is nuts. It is a Studio Ghibli movie. Or it's Ghibli or Ghibli. I never know which to say. But um, I'm not like a huge fan of Studio Ghibli. I'll just go with Ghibli. Uh, like I like okay. a lot of the movies, but I'm not like some hardcore fan. This is by far my favorite of the of those movies, and it's it's just such a weird anomaly of a movie. It's a made for airplane film from the 90s, like literally made to be shown on airplanes. So the movie opens and all these subtitles just fly across the screen at once in a bunch of different languages, just like introducing you to the concept of the movie. And like some are flying, you know, like left to right and others are right to left because it's a bunch of different languages and it's just like telling you what's going on. You're like, what? What? No movie I've seen ever has done this. And the concept is about a post-World War I airplane fighter who's been cursed, you think, and he's just, he's, he's a dude with a pig face. He's like a pig man. And everyone else what? is normal, kind of treats it normally. And his name was Marco, and now it's Porco. He goes by Porco because he's a pig. <laughs> and it's, he's the ace of the Adriatic. And uh, I love, I, I took a trip in high school to um, Croatia and Montenegro. And so the Adriatic Sea holds a special place for me. So the fact that he's flying around some of these really cool islands and uh, the, like, the setting is... The Adriatic Sea is also a draw, but um, man, oh, that movie's animated. just wonderful. It's animated, yes. I yes, Studio Ghibli. Animated. I was like, uh, what a horror movie? The best yeah, part duh, is duh. the best part is now that I'm thinking about in it. the English uh, in the English version, Michael Keaton voices Porco Rosso, like hot off wow. the heels of the Tim Burton Batman movies, 
and he voices this like like the pig. He's not. He's like a really. He's um. He's a gruff kind of you know dude, and he's got a lot of flaws. I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay, enough of my honorable mentions that I'm taking up time with, but yeah. I had to I had That's to bring those funny. two to the table. Okay, top five movies of all time. Top five. I'll go one to five. I'll go one to five because I have no, you more gotta to go say five to one. about. Gotta five, go five to, one? to one. All right, we'll bring in the pressure. Okay, um, number five is Ikiru. This movie okay. is uh, one I saw pretty recently. Uh, I've been doing a deep dive of Akira Kurosawa movies because I'm trying to get you know watch all of them, and this one stood out to me as the best because uh, it's a movie about like the meaning of life. In the most simple terms, it's about um, a man, an older man, who has been working uh, for, like, this bureaucratic office for his whole life since his wife passed away, you know, 20-some-odd years ago, and he just goes through the motions. And then one day, he finds out that he has stomach cancer. And the whole rest of the movie is, like, a complete change of form. What's he going to do now that he knows this? How's he going to find purpose What's that mean to everyone around him? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just really powerful. Um, the performance from Takashi Shimura, who, for those of you who don't know, is like a mainstay of these movies with Akira Kurosawa, um, is, is amazing. The film itself is beautiful, beautifully shot. The, perfor- the other performances are great. There's like a turn. There's like a turn in terms of structure in the middle of the movie and that's enough of a spoiler for me saying that. I won't tell you how, but it's very unexpected and it's very bold, like a very bold decision. And um, it pays off wonderfully. It's like a super powerful film. It's also loosely based on the death of Ivan Illich by uh, Leo Tolstoy, who I love Leo Tolstoy as an author, so that's another cool detail. But I'll leave it at that. Um, a great film. Uh, hey, number four. How about, how about this? Let's build some tension. Tell me your... Honorable mentions Sorry, with my five. five. Let's go we'll back go and forth. Five, five, yeah, we'll four. go one, five, one, four. Let's do that. Let's, Vince, let's play I ping don't pong. have honorable mentions. I can't do ten. I'm such Dude, a movie what? guy, and I don't think about it enough. I'm going to have uh, every movie I, I love. I just have to think of a list and go with it, you know? And stick um, to it. Yeah, okay. And stick. Okay, number five. I'm going to Shawshank Redemption. Okay. It's just a great movie, man. I, fe- I feel like... Everyone's sung its praises, and everyone knows what it's about. But if you don't, it's the story of a man going to prison wrongfully, question mark, who is there for years and years and years, and you just see his life in prison and his redemption. Ha, ha, ha. Um, fun fact about that movie. performance is brilliant. It's, yeah, it's a great movie. What's the fun no. fact? You keep talking. I'll I'll say it after you're done singing its praises. I think I'm gonna say the fun fact. Uh, it's a Stephen King book, and it's a part of a short stories list. So most of, uh, yeah, this this is the fun fact. Yeah, uh, you took so my fa- yeah. This of, is the fun fact. Yeah. So a lot of short stories that Stephen King has have been made into movies. Then they're not horror particularly, but they're too short to be made into actual movies. They'd probably be like an hour if they weren't. Like The Stand, The Green Mile, um, and Shawshank Redemption. So Shawshank Redemption is one of the only movies based on a book that adds to the story rather than takes away. Mm-hmm. So there is so much in the movie that is not in the book. And Stephen King is like, why didn't I write that? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's uh, it's Frank Darabont, and he's so... It's so great. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Everyone can watch that movie. That's a must-watch movie for me. It is. Yeah. It's a classic. It's, it's going to be a classic for all time, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll hesitate to say more, because I could go on about that movie as well. Great movie. Of course. Um, we got to keep Number four brief, for me. Man. Yeah, I got to keep it brief. Number four, I won't say too much. The Incredibles. Best right, Pixar movie. Right. Okay. Best animated okay. film of all time. Um, wow. Gets better as you get older. I true. love Very the aesthetic. True. First, like, 15 minutes just hook you. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Fantastic Four movie. Like, we don't really need one because this is it. Yeah. Well, not that we don't need one. I'd true. love one. But uh, this is it, and it's, it's great. What about you? What's your number four? Yeah, I'm, I really love The Incredibles. Ooh, yawn. Um, I'm quotable, not, too. That's another detail about that movie. Very quotable. Absolutely. Um, number four, The Lighthouse. Okay. Dude, Spicy. This movie, this movie r- stuck with me, I think, more than it did you. Because that's my type of movie. The movies that kind of yeah. kind of fuck with your head. I really like those movies. I don't have nightmares about like things I watch. And not that The Lighthouse is scary, but I watched that movie and had a nightmare about it because it just stayed with me. And I woke up and I was like, I did not just have a bad dream about a movie like a five-year-old. Oh, my God. But, yeah. man, <laughs> that, the fact that that happened to me really makes it stay. And also... Oh, it's acted brilliantly. It's shot beautifully. The direction, the 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 score, the the atmosphere, the into the movie really is. I look at that movie and it's it reminds me why movies are made in the first place. It is so yeah. It is telling a medium that you can only tell in film. You cannot tell it any other way. It can only be done in film, and it does it just brilliantly. Go watch The Lighthouse. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Dope. What's your number three, my man? Number three um, goes along with my favorite performance of all time. Uh, Almost shamefully, but I'm so proud of it that I can't be ashamed that it's my number three, is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971. Uh, Not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Uh. No, because the book. Oh, okay, you're you're messing with me. Yeah, no, not not that abomination. That also still has good performances, but um, no, thank you. Uh, I <laughs> no. Uh, whew, yeah, I think that this movie is like kind of kind of underplayed because it's such a foundational childhood movie, and people are like, oh yeah, I love yeah. that movie, and they don't really consider it like a good film. Um. I think its style is really awesome. I think what it does with visual effects are really impressive for the time. They hold up well. Mm-hmm. The performances for sure. mesh together really well. That really trippy like boat sequence is bonkers, and I love it, and Amen. it's impressive. Um, yeah, man. This movie is super funny, too. It's just it's a really funny ride, and you also don't really know if the kids live or die at the end, unlike the <laughs> remake. You don't know. And I think that makes it kind of like, it's haunting. It's like, is Willy Wonka to be trusted or is he malicious? And even by the end of the film, even though it's a happy ending, 
spoilers for Willy Wonka, even though it's a happy ending, it kind of has this twin, this like tinge of like bitterness to it or like a kind of mistrust. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, this is kind of good, too good to be true, isn't it? And yeah. I, I, don't, I love that. I love that movie. Yeah, it, it's an absolute classic. I need to rewatch it. Obviously, I know everything that happens, but you're right. I don't think of it as like a top 10 movie because it's so rooted in my childhood and it's so like silly that I, I don't think of it as, as whatever. But no, I'll definitely yeah. rewatch it. I know it's yeah. a good movie, but is it that good? I just need to, I need to refresh. I'll rewatch it with you, Connor. I'll, any time somebody yeah. says, do you want to watch Willy Wonka? I will say yes, no matter what. That's <laughs> another reason I love this movie. I will say yes. Okay, I'm on number three, right? Yes. Okay, number three also goes with my top performance, Schindler's List. Okay. Okay, Dude, yeah. I have never cried harder in my life than watching Schindler's List. Yeah. Like, nor- most of the time when I watch a movie, I'm, like, fighting back, and the tears, like, stream to, like, roll down my face, and that's me crying. Schindler's List, I'm bawling. Like, <laughs> like, watching this movie at least three times. Separate three times. Like, oh, no. Just crying. So moved. So powerful. That movie is... God, it's it's a masterpiece. Like once again, Steven Spielberg. I actually know <laughs> the fun fact about this movie is Steven Spielberg had just done Jurassic Park, which is with the CGI and everything doing with it. It is planned to the ninth. Like it is so planned, and he did s- more pre-production work than he did real work, like on set work, not real work, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he did yeah. more production than he yeah. did on set. And which, uh, w- looking at that movie, that's what it needed. But Schindler's List, I saw an interview with Ray Fiennes where he was like, he came in with no like idea what he was doing because he was like, I want to just be free. I want it to be scene by scene. Let's just, how are we going to do this? And with that in mind, knowing that, that movie ma- is 10 times more impressive because it's shot brilliantly and it's really good like cinematography and the the black and white is used very effectively with the girl in the red coat. It's used so effectively, and it's uh, it's a great movie. I think I when he is like taking when he's when Liam Neeson is like crying and taking off all of his stuff and he's like this could have bought more people. I was like, <laughs> and then they end the oh movie gosh, and then man, you see I the real bl- people, <laughs> and then you see the real oh. people like putting. Like no. roses on his grave. I was like, "What are you doing to me?" <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that hits movie. That man. hits hard. That movie hits so hard. Um, another fun fact about that movie: John Williams scored it. The score <laughs> is beautiful. And Steven Spielberg went up to John Williams and was like, "Here's the script. I want you to score this." John Williams read it and was like, "No, I am not good enough." for this movie <laughs> and, and John William and Steven Spielberg went I know everyone who is is dead <laughs> oh dang I was like oh my god dang and what, yeah. is, and what is that to mean is he saying is he I mean obviously we can interpret this two different ways is he saying I, for sure everyone who 
You know, is he saying because all of the classical music greats are dead, or is he saying because the people who could really capture the emotion were the ones who went I through this? I think that's what it's saying, is the people who went through this uh, and are oh. really doing it are dead. So, or it could be that, yeah, he's just making fun of his friend, like, yeah, you're not that good, but everyone else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wild. I think either way, that's they're both so, like, powerful and funny, and it's, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're number two, Vince. Yeah, my number two is um, one that I'm very glad that we got to watch together. That you um, you watched with me because it's not an easy one to convince people to watch. It's it's Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, yeah, okay. It's a long movie. It's from That's 1968, so, so it's it's long. It's it's so it's older as well. <laughs> yeah, it's so long. It's unbearable. Um, no man, that okay. I'm not a big westerns guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. I'm not a big fan That's of funny. westerns. I like you know like the good, bad, and the ugly. I like a couple spaghetti westerns. Yeah. I like Django Unchained, but something about yeah. this movie just captures that concept that um and, and just like does it perfectly. It's like any other mm-hmm. western doesn't have too much to add beyond what this film already did in terms of like the basic Western format. In the same way that we're talking about, you know, Elvis is a really good musical biopic because that's within the format, right? I like Love and Mercy more about Brian Wilson, but that doesn't follow yeah. the musical biopic format. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West follows the basic themes, a lot of which, you know, are inherently like kind of like, you know, rooted in political lies or, you know, propaganda or whatever, that go along with Westerns about, you know, the cowboy and this and that or whatever. Uh, but it does it perfectly and it's beautifully shot. An amazing performance across the board, honestly, amazing performances. But Henry Fonda, who's traditionally played heroes in most films, plays this haunting, chilling yeah. villain. And um, mm-hmm. the final duel feature, I won't spoil this for anyone. Please go watch this if you haven't. Uh, you may or may not like it. I don't know. It's kind of a hit or miss for people, but. There's something that happens filmmaking-wise and performance-wise in the final duel that is one of the best movie scenes, like, ever. And uh, that scene is what sealed the deal for me loving this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, Maybe I need to rewatch it. I don't know. Maybe it would fall lower for me, but I really like that movie. It is a great movie. I, I definitely can appreciate it. It's, it's a little long and slow. Like, those old movies tend to be long and slow. I don't know why, but the, they always they kind of tend to do that. It's, yeah. But uh, yeah, that yeah. was a very good movie, and I, I can definitely acknowledge that. Okay, man, th- this is tough because I have one movie that I'm like, is it number one or is it number two? Uh, but I can't think of another movie because I don't have oh, a gosh, number okay. one favorite movie. I don't have a favorite movie. People ask me all the time, like, which favorite movie? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. Um, <laughs> You're going to pick something random that should have been like sixth place. No, no. <laughs> I guess then I'll put the one I'm debating at number one. Uh, so th- number two. Okay. Number two. The Simpsons movie. Just kidding. Uh, Gosh, <laughs> that's the movie we've seen more than movie. any other. Great though, movie. For a long time, me and Vince <laughs> so could good. quote that movie. To the end, I think we could watch it. Yeah, and word for literally word. say line for line. We watched that movie probably once a week for three years. <laughs> yeah, I dare we you could, to that's speak forward to the Krusty Burger and back naked. Naked. How naked? How naked? <laughs> How naked? Fourth page. Ah, see, I forgot see it. my doodle. Yeah, 
Oh, oh I, I guess see. That means you're <laughs> I guess chicken that means I'll declare you chicken for life. <laughs> Every morning you wake up to hear "Good morning, chicken" at your wedding. And at your wedding, If anyone hasn't seen the Simpsons movie, <laughs> honestly, I think it's better than like a lot of Simpsons episodes. It is just oh, perfect dude, yeah. Simpsons. Okay. It's perfect. Go, you know what? Quick detour. This is <laughs> screw it. Detour, Simpsons movie quick detour. is number two. Simpsons movie. No, is get that. No, no. I can't pick. Simpsons <laughs> movie is number two. No, don't Dude, do that. No movie has meant more to me. <laughs> no movie has meant more to me. If I can recommend one animated movie to watch, <laughs> Simpsons movie. I, I, Dude, I, I, no. Give me all the hate you want. That's my no. quick take too. Quick takes. Quick takes. All Go right. watch the Simpsons movie. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> There, that's my cop-out answer. Oh. I can't do this. All right. Do okay. number one. What's that's your number one favorite movie? And why is it The Godfather? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, there, there you go. You know it. Um, of course. I'll tell, you why my fa- I'll tell you why my favorite movie is The Godfather. Okay? Oh, and uh, it's just it's a really simple answer. Um, not only is it, for me, like, okay, what's the best film ever made? You know, like how people ask that question. It's mm-hmm. like, remove yourself from the equation. What's the best film ever made? For me, Most The Godfather's probably the like, Godfather. yeah, it's like in that top five realm of yeah. like, okay, which one's the best movie ever made? Hands down. Yeah. Like Godfather's in that conversation. Probably the best one. But it's also in the same conversation for me. It's like, what movie, regardless of how good it is, in the same way we talk about like the Simpsons movie, has meant the most to you and been the most impactful to yeah. you, um, it's also in that conversation. So the mere fact that it's in both of those at such a high level, by default, makes this my favorite slash the best film of all time for me. Like, hands down, this will probably never change, no matter how good of a movie comes out. Um, mm-hmm. It's just... ah, yeah. It's so perfect. I mean, not even, though, because, like, I can watch the film and point out, like, well, that shot could have been better. Or, like, that, you know, yeah. like, there are things like that for sure. But it's so perfect in its, like, it's so perfect in all those imperfections still. It's so, um, mm-hmm. it's just so well put together. It's so, definitely the, like, the stories behind it are so interesting. The, the production's interesting. The, um performances are amazing it's like got all the right people in at all the right times in their careers definitely. in the, like definitely. the most it, unrepeatable way and it, it also here's another thing that makes it great um jaws was like the first summer blockbuster right mm-hmm. and that spawned like okay you know then there's rocky then there's star wars then you know yeah. it keeps going on and on and on and that's leading to modern movies the godfather is like the prototype of that but it's also like the height of independent, like Oscar-worthy cinema at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it holds this unique place that can't be repeated now because now it's kind of been fractured. When The Godfather came out, it was like the height of both of those. And yeah. it's just such this insane anomaly that I I love it. It's a great movie. That, my favorite, for sure. Totally. Uh, it's not my favorite because when I say favorite, I normally ask how much can I watch it again? 
And Godfather is one of those that I feel yeah. like I need to watch once a year, and I go. What yeah. Great oh yeah. But um. Completely agree. It's not. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. just keep watching it. No. No. Um, and actually, I remember what I was gonna say for my number two. So, really quick, Simpsons movie. You're my honorable mention. Number two okay. is Inside <laughs> by Bo Burnham. Oh, damn. Good answer. All right. Dude, I, I mean, yeah. no movie, no thing has represented COVID and quarantine more than that. It is the only thing that actually came out during... Okay, look at any historical piece ever, any movie about war, any movie about an event in history. Even if it was pretty recently after it came out, none of them ever came out in the middle of it happening. Like, all these mm. Vietnam movies came out after the Vietnam War had already ended or pretty close into it. And I think for us to be in this um, huge world event and a movie to come out that just exactly says what we're feeling and what everyone is going through and puts it in such a deep existential serious way that only Bo Burnham could do um, it, it's it, it, that movie I guess movie I'll say movie it's a movie yeah right like uh, right it was robbed of Emmys get this it was nominated for best variety special like variety thing whatever uh, yeah and it lost to Hamilton it lost yeah. to the filmed just, version of Hamilton. It's so dumb. I, I Hamilton is good, but that's it's not the same. That's not the same thing. It took them two days to film that, or like, not saying it wasn't e it wasn't hard to make, and it didn't take two days. But that show was already made, and they just filmed it. Yeah, yeah. obviously it was filmed very well. But like, come on, man, he spent a year alone. Yeah, versus <laughs> give the man some credit. He did win a Grammy though. For best, that's true. I think he won an Emmy for like best editing or something. Uh, but he won but best that original just brings song. Up, hmm. It like for Oscars and stuff, it wasn't eligible as a film. Like that's the other thing that makes it so confusing. It's like true. I guess it was technically. But I agree with you. I agree with you that it's a movie, but it's it's debatable. Like if somebody were to argue to me, it is debatable. Hey, this isn't a movie. It's debatable. But I'm with you because it's like it feels yeah. the same as a movie. It gives me the like, same like cinematic experience. I mean, what else would it be? It's a special, I guess. It's technically right. a stand-up yeah. special. It's technically stand-up comedy. Yeah, but like, is it not really? But it's not. I don't know. No, whatever. So but, that's my okay. That's my number one thing, two. real quick, yeah. one thing yeah, I will yeah. say, and not to not to, I agree with everything you just said. The only thing that might be that I may not agree about is I don't think maybe that there aren't other films or documentaries or things yeah, that have yeah. come out I, during I, the midst of things like that. I don't count but documentaries. I, but I get what you mean. Documentary is a different thing. Okay, you mean like creative works. And I, I would I'm venture so, to like guess they're probably Full metal jacket. Are, like a, but like, like, you know. But like, um, but I think what you're touching at is to have it easily accessible to like U.S. audiences and to have it come out at that time is different than mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, here's this gem I found that was like this film that was made by like people who were going through this thing at this time. Oh, isn't it cool? It's amazing. It's great. And like, that's yeah. a different experience than, hey, this is out right now and it's talking about yeah. that. So. And it's, I mean, there's that song, it's called Shit. <clears throat> and Vince, I remember you said you were like, this is the, this is the most accurate song to what everyone is feeling. It's like yeah. super <laughs> up-tempo and funky, and he's like, I feel like shit. 
Yeah, it's so funny. He's funny and contemplative and sad, and it's hard to watch. Honestly, the movie is hard yeah. to watch. Uh, the outtakes were also very fun to watch. It was also hard to watch, but I agree. Um, we can. This is we have to do just an episode on this. We could talk about this. We for should. Hours. We should. We really yeah. should. I think there's enough there. Yeah. Okay. So, Connor, what's your favorite movie? Number one favorite movie. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit you with a little bit of Saving Private Ryan, dude. No. Yeah, man. I I, I rewatched no. that movie again, dude. That movie. What did you think my number one movie was gonna be? I just. I don't. I mean. Man, I don't know. I mean, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Dude, I can't. I, you, I, like, you talk about talk about it first. I'm not gonna stamp on your fire before you even you know start it. No, I I mean I talk get about it. I get it. I think it's the best war movie because I watched Full Metal Jacket recently. I watched um, Apocalypse Now. Saving Private Ryan sticks with me different. It hits me a really? lot harder than the other movies do. Not saying Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket aren't good, uh, but. It, Saving Private Ryan, it meant so much to me as a kid as well. Because when I was a kid, me and my dad mm. would bond over that movie a lot. That was a big bonding yeah. movie for us. And uh, which is kind of strange that my father would show like a six year old that movie, but you know. Um, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> no, and I, it's one of those movies a, that like I love movies and s- shows where y- you never feel safe. Mm. And that means. You have characters, and you like these characters, but genuinely, they could die. And a, l- a lot of war movies do that really well. But sometimes, like, you look at Apocalypse Now, you know the main character is not going to die. He can't. He literally can't die. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. you're watching Saving Private Ryan, and you're like, literally, anyone could die at any minute. And that feeling, and then when they do at any minute, you're like, oh, my God, no. But, um... Yeah, that movie just means a lot to me, uh, childhood-wise. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched it again, and I was like, it's just as good. It's another one that is will always make me cry. There's some things about it that just make me cry, man. Man, I got nothing to say to that, you know, in terms yeah. of, you know, whatever little nitpicks I got, because that's just, you know, that's, uh, that's such a personal love, and it's, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say anything can't say anything bad about it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Movies, man. Movies. 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 They change us. Wait, what? What time is it? <gasps> they change. Is it? Is it? Quick, 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 quick takes. Quick, 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 quick takes. Quick takes. Quick takes. It's quick takes with Connor and Vince. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's make the quick quick takes brief. We've been talking to these people for a long time. I'm going to make this brief. I'm going to make this real brief. Uh, This is our longest episode, maybe. Sorry for that voice crack, folks at home. (laughs) Longest. (laughs) Okay, my quick take. Is there one? Oh, I had it in my head. Um, I'll go. Oh, yeah. You're taking a second. No, I got it. I got it. My quick take. Okay, okay, okay. Bro, neti pots are dope. Quick thing. I don't do cocaine. I do not do cocaine. I'm a singer. Ne- what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Neti pots are dope. It looks like a little tea kettle. It's a plastic tea kettle. You have to get distilled water or like pre-boiled water so it's clean and filtered. And you put this saline solution in it and you put it on your nose and tilt and it goes through and just clears out oh, your yeah. senses. 
if you've never yeah, done yeah, yeah. it, it's miserable the first like three times. But when you get used to it, it feels so good. I do it almost every day. Okay. I, I used to get it's a lot of sinus so infections, so I used to do that too. It's really helpful. Yeah. I had no idea what you were Especially talking about. Especially as a singer, like, if I'm where congested, are you going bam. With this? Yeah, man. No, neti pots gotcha. are dope. Okay. Everyone, everyone should get yeah, one. Yeah. But I, I told fix. a coworker of mine that I was using a neti pot, and he was like, you do cocaine? I was like, no. He was like, that's what people who use <laughs> cocaine do. They'll use a neti pot, and it clears them. I was like, I guess that makes sense for cocaine users. So it's singers and <laughs> cokeheads. But um, man, or just like kids with sinus infections. Or I kids don't know with sinus infections. Like uh, what no, it's but, designed um, for. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> I love neti pot. All right, that's um, my quick take. Your turn. Cool. Vince. Yeah, here's some free medical advice from two <laughs> 20, 20 something year olds with no medical <laughs> experience whatsoever. Hey, my okay. sister's no, I like a it. doctor almost. That's true. <laughs> that counts. That makes you. Eligible. That makes me a doctor, um, actually. I'll give you two. Uh, yeah, you're a doctor. Dr. Crow. Yep. Uh, anyway, Dr. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two really quick. Uh, okay, one one is like, you were talking about Simpsons, so it was on my mind. Yep. The Simpsons show is not good after like season 10. Season 10 is like mediocre. No, not at all. Yeah. And then maybe there are good episodes here and there, but it's like al- almost not unwatchable, but it's just not good. And... It's not good. That's like two no. thirds of the show by now. It's more than yeah. thirty seasons. It should I, have ended. Like I don't. It like should have it. ended in like two thousand seven. Yeah, if you take just the first like nine seasons, that's a really darn good, good, amazing show. It's a good and show. what? Yeah. What man? Why do they? Why do they keep going? And now Disney has it. Okay. Anyway, I don't um, know, man. The other quick take is. The other quick take is something I was maybe going to bring up earlier because I was going to say you should watch Top Gun as one of the movies I was recommending to you because it is good. Not the first Top Gun. I'm not a fan of the first Top Gun. The I new Top, Top Gun, Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Maverick. Oh, you yeah. did? Okay, great. Grandma yeah. loved Top Gun Maverick, by the way. She really loved it. She's I bet been she singing did. She's his praises. Um, but she also pointed out something out to me. Our title of our podcast actually doesn't make sense because we're not cousins yeah, we're not moved. <laughs> No, we're not. I actually <laughs> noticed that, and I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> but we're um, not cousins yeah. once removed. That make, let's make that clear. We I are didn't first realize cousins. that until Vince's we're quick first take cousins. is we're dumbasses. That's Vince's quick take. Um, <laughs> no, we're first cousins. We once removed <laughs> is us. How is us being removed <laughs> from each other? So we live on opposite coasts. And Vince thought yes, he was being right. We'll go with that. We're cousins once removed. No, we're not. Uh, no, we're first cousins. Yeah. We're uh-huh. basically brothers at this point. We g- we're yeah. grew up together, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and I have three sisters, and you have one sister. So it's like, it was good to have a bro. Yeah, pretty much, so, man. Uh, no, we so, are not cousins. Uh, once could removed. not be we further from that. That's hilarious. I didn't. I That's just so didn't. Funny. It didn't even dawn on me until after. Like we made all the graphics, we made the title, we put yep. it all out there, and uh, it's not it's a good title. It applies. Well. Well, own it. It's it a good applies. title, and it applies we to us being it. on opposite coast for as we long as that it. may be the case, and exactly. um, it's ours. Yep. Copyright trademark. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, thank folks, you. All if for you have other us. favorites, a bit of a. Yeah. Hit go. Anyway, no, <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. This has been a long one. This has been a long one. This has been a long one. No, but yeah, if you, if anyone watching has favorites, has anything we we missed. You want to tell us anything? Please email us at once removed podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you got it. Or you can find us Thank at once removed podcast.podbean.com. 
We've got an Instagram. DM We've us got on a Instagram. Channel. Yeah, absolutely. DM, yeah. Text us. Let us know. If you're my friend, text me. Yo, you know what to do. Um, but just give us something. We'd love to react. Tell us some of your favorites. I'd like to read some or like subversive takes, some quick takes on some of these. If you think I really want to hear other people's quick takes because our quick takes are just anything. You can do anything. Yeah. So give us a quick take. Give us a controversial opinion. Give us something, you know, if if we get enough of them, maybe we could put them all together as like a listener quick take episode. I think that exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. So thank you all so much for listening. This has been Once Removed. Goodbye.